0: Assalamu alaikum. Aouda <clears throat> bilahi minishaytan i rajim. Bismillahi rahman r-Rahim. raheem. Ashadowin la ilaha illallah. Wa ashadu anla Muhammadan Rasulullah. We openly bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And Muhammad is all prophet, Allah's messenger and servant to mankind. Alhamdulillah. Rabbil alameen. This, uh, this afternoon, on Friday, uh, we would like to give a topic, a talk on the Quran, the book of guidance. And uh, as many of us could understand today, and it's given to us in scripture also, uh, the time, actually I think it was in the old nation of Islam, it was at the time, and Imam Mourinho Muhammad, he also, in his book life the final battlefield and we see the conditions of the world today as, as if it's caving in on mankind and and what is the success what is the the success for the muslims the guidance that we need the quran the book of guidance and when the, we mention anything about the holy quran it's the word of god <clears throat> and it's the guidance for mankind did So this is a book that we should read, we should study it. If we know Arabic, we should commit it to memory. We should teach it. Not only should we read it, but we should also teach it. Actually, it means the book that must be read, must be read, it's a a must. Alhamdulillah, God knows best. The request that we make in Al-Fatiha, the first chapter of the Holy Quran, and it says, Mustaqim. And that is guide us or show us the straight path. Guide us or show us the straight path. The Mustaqim. That path is the upright path. You know, alhamdulillah. And we see in many examples, reading the life of our dear Prophet Muhammad, how his life was established upright. Matter of fact, he was a he was a believer. He was a faithful individual. He was a good moral individual all of his life. It was never a time that anybody could find anything wrong to say about Prophet Muhammad. And Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, blessed him to be his messenger, to, to give him the guidance for mankind from the Quran. and, uh, 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 yeah, go ahead. and Allah quite naturally is the best knower. So this chapter, we'll read it in, in the English. It says, In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful, praise be to Allah, the cherisher and sustainer of the worlds, most gracious, most merciful, master of the day of judgment. Thee do we worship and thine aid we seek. Show us the straight way, the way of those on whom thou hast bestowed thy grace, those whose portion is not wrath and who go not astray. I mean. So that one verse or one ayat in, in six, number six, the verse of number six, it's making a request, a prayer. We're asking Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, show us the straight path, the mustaqin, the upright path. And Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, responds, <clears throat> Alhamdulillah, in the next chapter, Surah of Baqarah, this is the book. There is no doubt in it. It is a guide for the God conscious, those who are mindful of God, the faithful. And what does that mean? Who are they? The mutaqeen, the upright, the upright individual. So we say, if this Quran, is it a book for the sinner? Is it a book for the liar? Of course not. An individual have to conform to the way of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, before he receives the guidance. Could they read the Quran? Of course they can. But do they get guidance from the Quran? Show us the straight path? No. He said God said he will never he will never change the condition of a people until the people first change what is troubling their own soul. So in other words, we have to make an effort before we become the believer that are lost upon what the Lord desire. We have to have a desire for change. And as soon as we have a desire for change, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us to and puts us on the straight path to, to the excellence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala desire. The straight path, the mustaqeen, the upright individual, Alhamdulillah. And the model of that example is in our dear Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us Prophet Muhammad for us to emulate. For the copy, he's a model of excellence for all human life. And quite nicely, Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the best knower. The answer, this is the book, Al-Kittab. kitab. is no doubt in it. Now, this is Allah talking. This is God speaking through Prophet Muhammad. He said, there is no doubt in it. Now, quite nasty, many of us have read the Quran and we've had some doubts about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and that's because we lack the proper understanding. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, there's no doubt in this book, you might find some doubts in other books that man put together, but not the word of Allah. And let us explain this, because the Quran was revealed over 1,400 years ago, 1,440, whatever, 1,400 and some odd years ago, and it's the direct word that Allah revealed to Prophet Muhammad is in the same context right now in the book that we're reading. Maybe not in the English, but in this Quran I have, it has the Arabic right next to the English. And the Arabic words as Allah revealed over 1400 years ago are the same. They're the same in America, they're the same in Arabia, they're the same in Africa, they're the same in Europe or Russia, or wherever the case might be. He said, there is no doubt in this book. And this is from God. If you are a believer, and if you are not a believer, it doesn't matter. But for the believer, there is no doubt. Now we might have some misunderstandings of read, but keep reading. Because Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, answers himself in in his own Quran. If we read the first part of the Quran and don't find sufficient understanding, keep reading. And matter of fact, if you don't read it in the first reading, read it again. And before you know, it becomes just as fresh as it possibly can to the mind. Because Allah knows best. So a person who believes in Allah, he realizes if Allah said there's no doubt in it, there is no doubt in it. Even if our minds are confused, it's still no doubt in the word of Allah. It is a guide. For the God-conscious. What is a God-conscious individual? God-conscious individual is, is an individual who is mindful of God, mindful of Allah's existence, right? And every time we do something that is good, we say, Alhamdulillah, when we do something bad, Allah comes to our mind. And our conscience, it's our conscience that bothers us and brings us back to the place that we are supposed to be. This is the, what God created in our very nature. He gave us a conscience that when we do something wrong, we become mindful of it. And that's the individual who is God-conscious. Now, if you don't become mindful of your wrong, if you can kill a person or rob a person or cheat a woman or whatever the case, then you are not that mutaqeen. You are not an upright human being, right? And Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, says that we should submit our will to do God's will. And then we start getting the guidance that Allah have put into the Quran for every human being. This is a book for the whole of mankind, not just black people or Arabs or whatever the case, for all human beings who desire, desire to read the Quran and desire to be upright. This is the book. There is no doubt in it. It is a guide for the God conscious, those who are mindful of Allah, of God, the faithful, the King, the upright. Alhamdulillah. And we know that there are many examples of our prophets, Prophet Ibrahim, Prophet uh, uh, Musa, Esau, uh, Prophet Muhammad, and we always see the progression of their lives, always striving to become more full in their uprightness, Alhamdulillah, struggling through difficulty. And then we see in every prophet that we read about in scripture, they always start out in a desert, a desolate place with with no culture and desert and sand and things of that nature, struggling and striving through those difficulties to come out of difficulty into ease. These are the examples that Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, shows us the struggles that prophets had to go through to deliver his message for the benefit of mankind. He didn't create prophets that live in, in a co-ops and big expensive cars and driving around in silks and diamonds and all the rest of these things. Poor, poor, struggling, striving to leave an example for the benefit of mankind. Alhamdulillah Rabbilad me. That's why prophets are honored and respected. In the, in the Islamic religion, we say that we believe in the prophet, we believe in Allah, and we believe that Muhammad is his prophet. We also believe in, is, is our prophet, Allah's messenger, excuse me. He said that we also believe in Jesus, we also believe in Moses, we also believe in Abraham, and all prophets that Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, bless to be an example for mankind. And if we say we don't believe in Jesus, then we're not a Muslim. Because all prophets came from Allah for the benefit of mankind. Matter of fact, all scriptures came before they were tampered with by man. All scripture came to prophets for the benefit of mankind. So we accept the books, all of the books, and we accept all of the prophets. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. So this is a position, or this is a position that a Muslim who say, La ilaha illallah. Muhammad and Rasulullah take. We have been beat down by this world. Matter of fact, the best example of an individual being beat down to the lowest form of a human being is right here in the United States of America, right? And other places also, but it's specifically right here. You can go to, into the jungles or the mountains or caves or whatever the case, and the people conduct themselves more human, humane, they might not have the benefits and the resources that we have here, but their human nature haven't been altered. In the United States of America, our human nature has been altered. We have been beat down. And Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, calls us to be upright. Alhamdulillah. When we come, many of us come into Islam, we came to Islam struggling, beat down individuals, seeking guidance. And Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, gave us this ayat. He says show us, we ask Allah when we come show us the straight path. And he says this is the book in it is guidance, sure without doubt (laughs) to those who are the mustaqim, the upright people, striving to be upright. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quite naturally he's the best knower. He says those who who for for those who believe in the unseen. persons say, Well, we believe in God in the flesh. Well, this book is not for you. If you say that you believe in God, that He's 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 this color or He's that color or He's in this position or wherever the case, if he's hanging from a tree or a cross or whatever the case, if you can identify him, then that's not God. This book is not for you. You're gonna be confused by it because you Eventually, going to be looking for man for guidance. Allah makes Himself unseen, right? Our faith is based on faith alone. I believe. It means that I believe. I don't see Him. I don't see God, but I believe in His existence. That's clocked into our nature. Alhamdulillah. And once we submit our will to do God's will, we'll see that. Alhamdulillah. For those who believe in the unseen, For those who establish regular prayer, who give in charity what Allah blessed us with. There are three things here. Who believe in the unseen, establish regular prayer, and who give in charity what Allah blessed them with. Right? So in other words, establishing prayer. We know that we pray the five prayers. The five prayers, ritual prayers, have deep, deep, deep meaning. Just to say we go out and we wash our head, make wudu, we put it on the carpet or have a rug or put our head on the ground and go out through these different positions, the standing up in the qiyam, which is the upright position, number one, bowing and humility or humbleness and putting our head on the ground in complete submission, right? These are rituals, but it's a deeper, 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 deeper meaning. I remember the Ambalaj Muhammad, he used to teach us to think. Use our intelligence to think. He taught his son. Matter of fact, Imam Muhammad. He said, whatever you see, is something deeper in it than that. Whatever you see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a powerful, powerful intellect to look into these things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us in the Quran and also look at his creation, the creation that he created in nature and study these things to get the bigness, the fullness out of it. So if we just consider, ourselves, well, I made my uh, two rakahs or uh, four rakahs uh, five times a day and I'm going to paradise, then you better start thinking again. It's much, much deeper than that. Alhamdulillah. These conditions us. It conditions us. These are conditioning to bring us into the nature that God wants us. And the first posture that we take is what? The upright. The mutha king, standing upright. That's the posture. And what is that posture doing? It's speaking to us. And if we don't see it, somebody else will see it. Somebody else who have knowledge and wisdom, learned Christians and Jews and other people, they understand postures and positions in religion. They understand what these things mean. Alhamdulillah. So become thinkers, become reflectors on everything that Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, gives us. Because keep in mind, all of us don't think alike. All of us don't perceive things the same way. Everybody has a perception and everybody makes a contribution to make the picture even bigger and bigger and broader and broader and broader. So if we're just individuals who's following around some kind of sheikh or some pastor or imam or rabbi and following behind his understanding for the rest of our lives, sad on you, shame on you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made each and every one of us As an individual entity, to strive, to strive for excellence, higher excellence, higher understanding, and the good to have a teacher to put us on the path. But once you set out on that path, you are on your own. I remember a picture, the Charling, I think it's Charling uh, Temple, China. It was a movie, and this fella, he was in this temple from a young boy, and he was a Caucasian, and. the Asian was the teacher. And he put him through all of these disciplines, a lot of disciplines, a lot of rituals, putting his hands in the fire, doing these different kinds of things we see kung fu and whatnot, you know. The kid didn't understand what was taking place, but he did it, right? And then when he reached a certain age, the teacher said, you don't need me anymore. And he opened up this great big door to the to the monastery and he opened it up and sent him out in the world. And when he sent him out in the world, He had to come through different circumstances in his life and then he came into circumstances where those rituals were applied. And he said, oh wow, that's what that means. It was automatic. He was trained, he was conditioned to go out into the world and find his place as an upright human being. They gave us that right in a movie. And it's all throughout the Quran. This is what Allah, S.A.W. Allah is speaking. But if we don't know the base of knowledge, how are you going to understand knowledge when you see it in the movies, on television, in life, etc.? Allah gives us the foundation for our knowledge. And when we see it, we'll understand it. Inshallah. For those who believe in the unseen, who establish regular prayer, and who give in charity what Allah blessed them with. Now keep this in mind. You know, a person who gives no charity, is as far as I'm concerned, is worthless, right? Matter of fact, I heard a brother say, "Ma'am, some years ago, he said, if you don't give charity uh, in this life, he said, your body will be charity for insects when they put you in the ground, but you're going to give, <laughs> right? Well, alhamdulillah. And just uh, read or study how this is said. He says, who give in charity what Allah blessed them with. So are you really giving charity? No, because Allah gave it to you. Now, if Allah gives it to you, now the science here is to give a portion of that to somebody else as a responsibility. That's charity, that's religion, right? If I have wealth, I am required. IRS don't have to tell me to give it. The president don't have to tell me to give it. The leader of the church or the mosque don't have to tell me to give it. I have a responsibility because Allah blessed me with something, and he is requiring that I give a portion of that to a needy person. Alhamdulillah. And that's how the cycle continues. We live in a society where we have billionaires. There's a, there's a congress lady, a very powerful young girl. She's a young girl, really, uh, Alexandria Cortez. She's she's challenging the governor, Governor of our state to, to, to make the billionaires or tax the billionaires to give a portion of their wealth that they're hiding offshore to give to the needy in the time of crisis. Now, here's a little lady. She couldn't weigh but about 120 pounds, but she got a heart is 300 pounds. She's challenging the governor to challenge the billionaires to pay tax on their wealth billions and billions and billions of dollars of wealth to give to the needy. That's a religious concept, that's a religious idea. So we can see that there's God in her soul, right? And she's calling on these wealth accumulators to spread the wealth, alhamdulillah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quite naturally is the best known. And he says, "This the Quran is a book of guidance for mankind. Now, do you want to know how to live your life? Start reading the Quran. You can read the Bible too if you desire, but read the Quran also. Matter of fact, if you're a Christian and read the Bible, read the Quran. You know, there was a Christian lady, a good friend of mine, and she asked me, matter of fact, I worked with her, with her at one time. And she said, John, how do you know so much about the Bible? I said, Because I read the Quran. I said the bible is in the quran <laughs> alhamdulillah i don't know if she understood what i was saying but the corrections for the for what was put in the bible the confusion that was in the bible is clarified in the quran alhamdulillah and allah knows best now we say the word of god that allah gave to jesus correct But then man came along and started adding to and taking away. I'm talking about that Bible, the one that's added to and taken away. We can't verify it because there's no original text. So anybody could write a Bible. I can sit here today and write a Bible, put it on the market, and hope that somebody will buy it. And I know there's a knucklehead out there that will, at least one knucklehead that will pick it up. Oh, let me read this Bible, right, by John Nashee, right? And he's he's, he's got some problems in his mind, but he's looking for guidance. And then Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, shows us that there is no doubt or no confusion in the Quran. And you can check it out if you're reading it in the German language or Russian language or African languages or whatever the case. It still has its original text, the Arabic text that it was revealed in over 1400 years ago. We can go back and examine it. Our scholars can go back and examine, is this right or is it wrong? And they'll tell you, no, he's wrong. He's completely wrong. It doesn't say this in the Arabic. It says that in your translation, and Allah knows best, the Quran, the book of guidance for mankind, if we put our trust in Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide us on the right path. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Kulhu Allahu ahad, Allahu samad say he is allah the one and only allah the eternal absolute he begets not nor is he begotten and none is like him and A'udhu billahi minashaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan rasulullah. On the second part of the khutbah and for those who don't know the khutbah or the lecture that is given on Friday for the Friday Juma services, uh, the congregational service just like Christian services on Sunday, Jewish services on Saturday. Uh, Muslim have their services on Friday. and it's broken into two parts. First part is the text what I just gave. Second part could be a continuation of that uh, subject, or it could also give some instructions or advice or whatever the case might be, some issues or concerns that affect our community. That could also be given. Alhamdulillah. And when we go to Juma, we it's required that we take a guzu or complete bath or shower on that particular day, purified, out of purity. And when the call is made, we should come to the remembrance in the mind. Take our mind off of worldly things, the things that we're doing in the world. You know, we constantly, especially at the time that we're living in now, we're constantly thinking about money more money, could I work overtime, could I do this, etc. And then when you hear the call, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, then you take your mind off of those things and you put your mind on things that are more important, Come hurriedly to the prayer, the remembrance of Allah. And it says the remembrance of Allah is the greatest force of all. So if Allah knows what's in our heart, He knows what we need, Allah prepares the way for us once we submit our will to do the will of Allah, alhamdulillah. And for the benefit of those who may be listening, who don't understand how we conduct our prayer, I guess mention the qutbah. And then in the second part, after we conclude, then we call the adhan and we stand up for prayer, right? The Imam calls the prayer, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, etc. And then the Muslims form ranks, straight lines. The brothers in the front, sisters in the back, and that that doesn't have anything to do with who's important one over another. It shows us the position of a man. He should be out front. He should be the protector and the provider, and a woman should be behind to give him support and be protected. under the law, and then when we make our lines, the first example, or the first standard, first form that we take is Kiam. And Kiam is upright, the upright. We're in our the best nature that God created us upright. It's just like the dawning in the morning, when dawn comes up in the darkness, you see the thread of light go across the horizon. It's dark out. When we come into the masjid, we're coming out of darkness and we're coming into the light, right? So dawn, right, when the dawn, we make our prayer before then. And then when we come into the light, we be standing upright. That's the form that Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, originally created. And then as the sun goes about, it reaches its height. And we're standing straight up. I I guess it's upright. I don't know the name of it, but upright. And then when it begins to decline, Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, tells us in the Quran, he said, God, strictly the middle prayer. Why? Because the sun is getting ready to decline. While we are in the light, we are in the best situation for our life. And then when it begins to decline in us prayer, it's us. He says, God strictly to us prayer is beginning to decline. And then the last, it declines and the sun goes behind the horizon. And then it becomes darkness all over again. That's a cycle that competes itself every day. And it's the same form of our prayer, same identical form of prayer, standing upright in kiam, That's the best example. And then we go in Ruku, which is the bowling, right? The back, back is parallel to the ground, right? It's like, a, it's like a 90 degree angle, right? And then the last form is when we go and put our head on the ground and we say glory to Allah most high. Right? We're keeping in mind about that most high, while we are the lowest that we possibly could be. And then we ascend into darkness. And then the dawn comes around again the next day, and we start the process all over again. That's a sign that Allah put, put in his creation. For what? For the benefit of those who understand, which is mankind. And we repeat that over, that cycle over and over and over. And Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, quite naturally, is the best knower. So that form of Kiam is where man had a hunt in his back at one point when he came out of the cave, more animal probably than human, right? And then he evolved over a period of time where the scientists gave him the name of Homo erectus. What is a Homo erectus in science? We've seen these names in the science books. A Homo erectus is the upright man. Same example that we're giving here, the Mutakim, where man comes from the bend over in his back, the hump is out of his back, and gradually he evolves over thousands or millions or whatever years, and then he becomes upright, called a homo erectus. And then when he becomes a homo erectus, the leadership is over his body. Now he's responsible to be a leader over his own self. Right. The and then he also they also called him after careful study a homo sapien. Right. Because they studied his behavior. And what is a homo sapien? He's a thinking man. He's a rational man. He's not an emotional man. He's just don't run out and jump on an animal and try to bite him to death for food. Or just take a woman and throw her down and have sex with her, etc. No, he's a homo sapien. He's a thinking man. Actually, the Quran says, Behold, our Lord said to the angels, I am about to create a khalifa. And a khalifa is what? A thinker. (laughs) He's a rational thinker. He's a reasoning thinker, right? He utilizes his intelligence for his benefit and for the benefit of mankind. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. And there's a few little ayats, but there's a lot of wisdom. I remember Imam Waratim Muhammad was giving a lecture, and he was talking about, I think it was al Asr. Right? by time through the ages, verily man is in loss. And he said that some Arab scholars said that they could write volumes just on that. And he said he was a young man at that time. He said, man, they're just trying to front, they fronting with us. He's thinking like, they could write, how they going write volumes of. He said he was a young student at that time. And then when he became a real student, he was really into the book, he was really studying. He said, yes, he said, I can. He said, there's so much wisdom in that little shot. I think it's about three verses. So much wisdom because they became Khalifa they became thinkers. They didn't look at three ayats as three ayats. They opened those ayats up and began to discover the wisdom that was hidden in the ayat. Same thing in nature. Same thing in us as human creations. There's more to us than just what you see. There's benefits. And this is why when we see another human being, we should greet him. We should acknowledge him as a human being, regardless, even if he's a Ku Klux Klan's man, right? That's the The frame of his mind at that time, but that's not what God created. We should at least acknowledge him, even if we don't say anything, just look at him and acknowledge him as another human being. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil and Allah knows best. The position to receive Allah's guidance, the upright human being. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Say, He is Allah, the one and only Allah, the eternal absolute. He begets not, nor is he begotten, and none is like him. I mean, tu sala.